الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين ومن اقتدى بسنته إلى يوم الدين أما بعد So we continue بإذن الله تعالى with the explanation of Umrat al-Ahkam Kitab al-Tahara the book of purification from the amazing compilation of Umrat al-Ahkam Lihafid Abdul Ghani al-Maqdasi Rahimahullahu ta'ala Last week we studied a hadith and we realized that we left another narration in this chapter of how to use and how one should relieve themselves. And this is the 17th hadith that we are going to do inshallah ta'ala now. And that is the hadith of Abi Qatada al-Harithi ibn Rabi'i al-Ansari radiyallahu an an al-Nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam aqal لا يمسكن أحدكم ذكره بيمينه وهو يبول ولا يتمسح من الخلاء بيمينه ولا يتنفس في الإناء. And that is that the messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم said in this narration from Abi Qatada, whose name is Al Harith ibn Rabi'i Al Ansari. From the people of Medina, radiyallahu anhu, that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said, none of you should hold his private parts with his right hand when urinating. None of you should hold his private parts with his right hand whilst urinating, and none of you should touch or to uh, clean yourself. After using the uh, the khala, after urinating and so forth, you should not use your right hand to clean yourself, and you should not breathe in vessels. You should not breathe in vessels. Uh, this is the seventeenth hadith in Umrat al Ahkam, and this is the final one we're going to do in this uh, in this bab. Bab dukhul al khala wal istitaba. Talking about entering and the, the etiquettes of of uh, one using the bathroom and using the toilet and so forth. This is the final hadith that we're going to study in that regard. And with this, barakallahu we deal with a few points. Point number one, tarjama tarawi, and that is the biography of the narrator. This is the first hadith that we have from Abi Qatada, radiyallahu an al Ansari, and his name, as you as mentioned in the text, is Al Harith. His name is Al-Harith ibn Rabi'i Al-Ansari Al-Khazraji from the people of Medina radiyallahu anhu and he fought in the battle of Uhud and after that meaning that he didn't fight in Badr he wasn't from Ahl Badr but he fought in Uhud and after that and the battles after that and he was the knight you can say of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam he aided the Prophet ﷺ in his travels and offered and, and, and gave his, uh, 
his riding beast and aided the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam when the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam woke and the Messenger said Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Hafidhakallah bima hafifta nabiyyahu He made a dua for him the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he said may Allah preserve you as you have preserved his Prophet this illustrious companion Abu Qatada radiyallahu an he died in the year 54 he died in the year 54 after the migration of the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam from mecca to medina and he died in al medina he was from medina and he died in al medina abu qatad al harith ibn rabi al ansari al khazraji radiyallahu ta'ala anhu the second point regard we're going to mention regarding this hadith is the Mawdu al-Hadith, a title we can give to this hadith. A title that we can give to this hadith and the title no doubt aids us in understanding the fiqh and the important element of this hadith as it relates to the book itself, Umlat al-Ahkam. And that is that Shaykh Muthaymin rahimahullah ta'ala says, Bayanu ba'dil adab al-Islamiyya fi qadai al-Haja wa ghayrihi and that is clarifying the Islamic etiquette as it relates to using the bathroom, using the toilet and other affairs. Clarifying some of the Islamic etiquettes in using the toilet, bathroom and other affairs. That is the title given by Muhammad ibn Salih al-Faqih as it relates to um, this hadith. Point number three. And that is that this hadith, Barakallahu Fikum is indeed from comprises of etiquettes in how one should use the bathroom. And that is that the person should not grab their and hold their uh, and touch their private parts with their right hand whilst they are urinated. And that is as we've studied previously in the Kitab Tahara that the right hand is used for noble acts. As the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is mentioned by Aisha regarding the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, she mentioned Radiallahu Anha, Yu'jibuhu Atayam Munu, Fitanaulihi, Watarajulihi, Watuhurihi, Wafishanihi Kulli. That she said that the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that he used to like, prefer, and use his right hands for uh, putting on his shoes, or he used to prefer beginning or with the right in putting his shoes, in combing his hair, in doing wudu, and in all of his affairs. And we came to the conclusion, no doubt, that the general principle is those affairs that are noble acts are those acts which we should use our right hand or the right should be done first. So therefore, in this hadith, it complements the hadith of Aisha radiallahu anha, in that the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa prohibited and this is a, a, a hadith qawli, a statement of the Messenger Sallallahu that he prohibited that one should um, uh, uh, touch their private parts either when uh, urinating or cleaning themselves. And that is, as we said, that the, the yameen, the, the, the right, I mean the right hand, or the right is preferred in affairs that are pure, Affair the affairs that are noble and so forth, and the left hand is for 
affairs which are not noble and from them no doubt is uh, using the toilet is not from a noble act point number three or four point number four and that the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said وَلَا يَتَمَسَّحْ مِنَ الْخَلَاءِ بِيَمِينِهِ وَلَا يَتَمَسَّحْ مِنَ الْخَلَاءِ بِيَمِينِهِ and he says here and he should not touch the khala' biyaminihi. And that which is intended here is both parts of the private parts. Both parts of the private parts. Both parts of the private parts, the one that's in the front and the one that is at the back. And that he shouldn't touch either one of these with his private his hands, his right hand, with his right hand. And this incorporates istijmar, which is cleansing oneself with pebbles, and also incorporates al-istinja, which is cleansing oneself with water. It should not be done with the right hand. And that is, we can take from this a qaida, a principle, a shari'iyah, a legislative principle, that the hand is for those things that are pure. And the left, the right hand, the right hand is for those things that are pure and noble, and the left hand are for those things that are disliked, things that you do not really like to touch. And this barakalafikum is a principle, mutarida, a comprehensive principle for all affairs. Point number five, and that is uh, a linguistic. Uh, benefit or regarding the, some of the vocabulary that's mentioned in this hadith and that is that the messenger sallallahu he said min al-khala so when you see al-khala here we mentioned previously al-khala is, is uh, in fact the place where um, uh, one uses the bathroom a place where one uses the bathroom al-khala yani in secret covered from others or not concealed from others so none can see him or her it's called al-khala. But then it's used figuratively to mean urine, urinating, and uh, generally using the toilet. Generally using the toilet. It is used kinayatan as a form of uh, a figurative sense to mean both ways of using the toilet. Both ways of using the toilet. al-bawl wal And this is intended here with al-khala. One of the wordings that we should be acquainted with as it relates to this Kitab al-Tahara. Point number six. Point number six is that we, that which we must realize from this hadith is that there are three general, three general masail, three general issues that are dealt with in this hadith. And this barakalafikum is a manhaj, a methodology that we have to, or we should be upon as it relates to masail uh, al-ilmiyyah, knowledge-based affairs. We find in the books of uh, fiqh, from those books of Ibn Mulaqin and so forth, and other than him, they put affairs into masail. Masail meaning those things that one could ask about. From sa'ala yas'alu. 
Masail meaning those affairs that one may ask about. So they are extrapolated from the hadith to answer those potential questions. And that's what we mean by masail. And obviously it's translated loosely in English as issues. But really it's those affairs in which one may ask about that will be answered in this chapter or in this hadith. Al-mas'ala And this is the methodology of the ulama when they teach. For example, Sheikh Muthaymin, he's, he's, he's consistent in this regard. Sheikh Minbaz, rahimahumullah uh, ta'ala. And likewise, uh, Muhammad Aman, rahimahullah, and others. And this day, Sheikh, this day and age, Sheikh, uh, Sheikh Rabi' and Sheikh Ubaid, those who are acquainted with their lessons, whether it's uh, online or physically, they, Barakallahu Fikum, know that they put things and affairs into Masail, meaning those Masail are those issues where one may ask questions regarding. So, if we want to look generally at this hadith, we can say there are Thalath Masail. Thalath Masail. There are three areas that one may question, for example, in the chapter of Tahara or the chapter of purification regarding. The first of those, and if I were to ask you what are these three, you can look at this hadith. And you can extrapolate these three masail. The first one is and la yamsak dhakarahu biyamini, and that you should not touch or hold your private parts while with your right hand while urinated. While urinating, some of the ulama said that you shouldn't touch it at all with your right hand, whether you're urinating or not. You should not touch your private parts with your right hand at all. Some of the ulama have mentioned. And the question that one may ask is why is it that urinating has been mentioned specifically if it's the case that it shouldn't be touched at all with the right hand? Why is urinating mentioned specifically here? And that is is in Mimbab al-Aglabiya. It's from the angle of that which is predominant. Meaning that it's predominantly the case that that will occur or could occur when one is using the bathroom or urinating. So therefore the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he mentioned that Barakallahu Fikum, that example and you make an analogy of every other affair based upon that. The second mas'ala, the second issue is that you shouldn't touch the private parts while cleaning. And no doubt the, with the, touch, touch the private parts with your right hand uh, when cleaning, meaning you shouldn't clean your private parts with your right hand, whether it's with pebbles, istijmar, or with water, istinjar, or istinja. And uh, that is because you know the, the right hand is noble and used for noble things like eating and, and so forth, giving and taking. So it should not be used for this affair of cleansing oneself's private parts or oneself's private parts. Al-Masalatul the third affair, and that is Walayatanafas fil ina. And that you shouldn't breathe in a vessel. You shouldn't breathe in a vessel. This is the third affair or issue that is mentioned in this hadith. And that is that this is from the manners of drinking. It's from the good etiquettes of drinking. And this affair, no doubt, is usually found 
in the chapters of Al-At'imah wa Ashribah, the chapters of drinking and eating you find in the books of Hadith, that such a, a narration will be found there. But because it was from the wording of the Hadith, and Imam Al-Maqtasi rahimahullah ta'ala has placed it here in Umrut Al-Ahkam. Because the wording of, of uh, the, the two masail, or the two issues that are mentioned, the masailatain here, of, of not touching the private parts, is pertaining to purification. And this affair, the third affair, no doubt, is in the same narration. So then he placed it in this chapter. But usually this type of narration will be found in the chapter of drinking and eating. So the Muslim, Barakallahu Fikum, uh, has this etiquette. That whether they're drinking milk, water, soup, or drinks, or so forth. And they feel like breathing in it. And blowing in it. He does not breathe into the vessel. And that is because others dislike it. Especially if others were to share that drink. And it is possible that something from saliva and what have you may enter the vessel if one does that. And affect the taste and the condition of that fluid or that liquid or that juice or that drink. So therefore it is mentioned here by the Messenger وسلم, that the person shouldn't breathe in there. And that which is from the statement of the Jumhur, the majority of the scholars, that it is disliked. It is not a sin, but rather it is disliked. Amen. And another issue that is mentioned by the ulama in this regard is that if one needs to blow... Uh, for example, they they have hot drink or something that is hot, and they need to cool it down, and they don't have any other way to do so. And some of the ulama have said that they are excused in blowing to cool down the tea or the coffee or the hot drink and so forth, especially if they are drinking it themselves and they're not sharing with others. But if they're sharing with others, then it is better that they don't do that and rather they wait until it cools down this is the general rulings as it relates to breathing in a vessel and it shows you the complete nature of this deen of al-islam as it educates the person, the human on how they should operate efficiently in all their affairs so this brings us to the final part of this hadith. And that is the general benefits that we can take from this hadith. And we're going to enumerate them inshallah. The first benefit that we can take from this hadith is the prohibition and the prohibition of one holding their uh, or touching their private parts when they're urinating. And according to the ulama, the majority of the scholars, this is a nahi. Karaha. This is a prohibition of dislike, meaning the person does not sin if they do touch their private parts, but it's, it's, a dis, it's disliked to do so. It's disliked to do so. And this is from the Jumhur. Point number two, and that is the prohibition of cleaning oneself via water or pebbles with the right hand. Again, this is Barakallahu Fikum. Uh, Disliked by a section of the scholars. 
Thirdly, and that is the virtue of the right. Again, similar to the hadith of Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. And fifthly, suitably, it shows the perfection and the complete nature of the deen of Islam, its legislation and its comprehensive nature in that all of the affairs, barakallahu feekum, have been dealt with. And the only reason that we are not aware of the affairs that we need is due to our lack of knowledge. So this shows the importance of studying fiqh as well. And it's indeed a blessing when one has knowledge of fiqh as do the scholars of the deen of Islam. So we should take knowledge from them. As the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Man yuridillahu bihi khayran yufaqihuhu fiddeen. Whoever Allah wants good for, he gives them fiqh, understanding of the religion. And every time we study, barakallahu feekum, the affairs of fiqh, jurisprudence, we learn more on how we should operate physically as human beings. Showing the importance of this chapter, Kitab al-Tahara. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us tawfiq, that he gives us fiqh, he gives us understanding in the religion, and gives us the taqwa and the righteousness and piety to implement everything that we have learnt, even though, barakallahu fi ameen, even though, barakallahu fikum, that some things are disliked, we stay away from those affairs that are disliked, and no doubt those affairs that are impermissible. But even the, even if it's disliked, we stay away from that, and we try and do the wajibat, we try and implement the obligatory acts, and also the mustahibat, those affairs that are preferred. We try and you try implement those two affairs because this is al warak This is cautiousness and a sign of an individual's taqwa and righteousness. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us be from the muttaqin, to be from the people of taqwa. Ameen. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barak ala nabiyyina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Hayakumullah.